welcome to Free America. I am your host, Nick Yaya, and this is the Free America Podcast. I hope everybody is well. And I am so glad that you joined us for another show. We've got a great guest today who will probably disagree with everything that I say, but that's okay. This is Free America. So before we get to our guest, I'd like to start off today's podcast with getting out ahead of something that I believe is a looming danger. Forced vaccination via corporate edict. Now, I touched on this briefly in our previous podcast, as this is, in my opinion, a matter of social engineering. What has begun with a mask will, will certainly end with you being forced to take a vaccine. Not by the government, mind you but by corporate America at large. You will not be able to buy, sell, travel, or do anything else that causes you to interact with a company without your certificate of vaccination. Now, this may come in the form of a subdermal microchip, as some have warned, but it most likely will be a certificate of vaccination identification on your phone. That's the acronym for COVID, Certificate of Vaccination ID. Either way, in my opinion, this is the mark of the beast. So why am I so concerned about the vaccine itself? And why should you be? Well, to begin with, it's being rushed into production with very little trial. And those trials have happened, that have happened so far have yielded horrific results from animal deaths to virtually all human participants having adverse reactions and serious side effects. Now, another reason why this, uh, this, uh, why I'm so concerned about it is that, is that this is a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's what's called an RNA vaccine. Okay. And what that does is it goes into each cell and rewrites the DNA code, but um, don't take my word for it. Listen to the vaccine's creator and its biggest proponent, Bill Gates. So I'm going to show you a short video right here of Mr. Gates and his, well, his lovely vaccine. <laughs> here we go. One final way that's new and is promising is called the RNA vaccine. With RNA and DNA, instead of putting that shape in, you put instructions in the code to make that shape. You put instructions in the code to make that shape. Everything that I'm about to mention is currently being developed by Bill Gates, often in partnership with the CV-19 playbook, MIT, all of which is backed by the United Nations and the Rockefeller Foundation. Due to ongoing mutations with CV-19, the CV vaccine currently being developed will alter our DNA through an actual synthesizing of our individual genetic code using mRNA and CRISPR technology, which acts as scissors by cutting DNA at a designated spot and removing or inserting uh, a new sequence with uh, an artificial code to make sure every man, woman, and child complies with the One World Order's mandatory implementations. Gates and MIT are currently developing the human implantable quantum dot microneedle vaccination delivery system. It's a tattoo for the hand, which will include our identification mark and vaccination records. It needs an enzyme called luciferous in order to make it work. The transhumanist agent on every person's hand will glow with the bioluminescence of the light bearer. 
Just real quick there. You heard him say Luciferase. Lucifer, the light bearer, the, light, the bringer of light, uh, Satan himself. Okay, named after. You can't make this stuff up, folks. This is real. You can look this up. You, but we'll continue with the video here. It's almost over. A ship you cannot remove with a knife. This tracking system will alter your DNA, and it's permanent. 33rd degree Freemason and occultist Manly P. Hall once wrote, quote, the seething energies of Lucifer are in his hands. So this is urgent, and it's going to require incredible collaboration. It's going to have to go to 7 billion people. Wow. You heard it there, folks. He's not going to stop until everybody is vaccinated. Yeah, great. Great. Looking forward to that. So now, as you can see, the vaccine um, actually alters your genetic code. And what happens when your DNA gets altered? Cancer. That's what happens. Cancer. That's right. You're essentially being injected with cancer. Now, you might not get it the next day or the following week, but there's a good likelihood that you will eventually get cancer. Now, another reason you should be concerned is that you don't know what they're putting in the vaccine. Most current vaccines contain something called thimerosal, which is mercury. Mercury is poisonous to humans and also causes memory loss. These new vaccines also contain DNA from aborted fetuses. Yes, you heard that right. If you don't believe me, pause this broadcast right now and go look it up. But the most concerning thing about this vaccine is what we call the known unknowns. Now I could describe it to you, but I'll let this man do it. Now, here is a man that looks and sounds like Bill Gates, who is um, at the Pentagon and he's uh, speaking to several high-ranking generals. They Basically, these high-ranking generals are describing, he's describing to these generals how they can design a vaccine to eliminate your belief in God. Okay, so so here we go. On about here. But by spreading this virus, we're going to eliminate individuals from donning on a bomb vest and going into a market and blowing up the market. So our, our hypothesis is that these are fanatical people, uh, that they have overexpression of the BMAT2 gene, and that by vaccinating them against this, we'll eliminate this behavior. Uh, so we have some, some very, very... Uh, remarkable data in this next slide. Uh, here we have two uh, brain scans. These are fMRIs. Uh, these are two different individuals with different levels of expression of BMAT2. Uh, on top uh, is an individual who's a religious fanatic and individual, and we've repeated this numerous times, that, that uh, has uh, high levels of BMAT2. Now, um, this individual down here who had low levels of the BMAT2 gene this individual would uh, self-describe as, as, as not particularly religious. In, in each case, uh, these individuals were, were read a religious text. Uh, this individual 
uh, light lit up um, this, the right middle frontal gyrus uh, shown here. And uh, that's a part of the brain that's associated with theory of mind. Uh, it's a part of the brain that, that uh, has to do with intents and, and beliefs and, and desires. Uh, in contrast, in marked contrast, here's an individual who would uh, not particularly uh, self-describe as, as religious. And when they're read a religious text, <clears throat> what you see is that this part of the brain called the anterior insula lights up. This is a part of the brain that's associated with, with disgust or displeasure on hearing something. Uh, so you're suggesting I take a CT scan with me when I'm uh, evaluating people to determine whether I put a bullet in their head? So, so um, the, the data that I'm presenting here uh, supports uh, the, the concept that, that we're proposing. Uh, and I think that uh, we would not propose to do uh, CT scans or fMRIs on, on individuals out in the hinterlands of, of Afghanistan. The virus would immunize against this VMAT2 gene, and that would, would have the effect that you see here, which is it's essentially to turn a fanatic into a, a, a normal person. And we think that will have major effects. In the okay. Wow. We'll turn a fanatic into a normal person. Now, who's to decide who's a fanatic and who's not? In this case, it might be you. Because you don't want to take something that could be poisonous to you, dangerous to you, and you vehemently deny being injected with it, you might be considered a fanatic. Because even you might even think that it's the mark of the beast, like everything lines up to say that it is. Well, guess what? You believe in God, you're a fanatic. Scary stuff, folks. And that's why I'm bringing it to your attention now. So now that... You're more informed. Are you ready to take this vaccine or reject it? If you're like me and many other people out there, you'll wholeheartedly reject it. Now, the reason I am bringing this to your attention now is because we need to get ahead of this. We need to reach out to our elected officials at all levels of government and tell them to pass legislation banning businesses from discriminating against people who have not taken the vaccine. I also encourage you to reach out to attorneys who specialize in discrimination and consult with them regarding your rights on this issue. <laughs> okay, wow. That was a lot to take in. So over the next few months, I'll be covering this issue in more depth. And as always, I encourage you to dive into the interwebs and do some research yourself. You might be surprised at what you'll find. That being said, I'd like to welcome today's guest. He's one of the more outspoken critics of my posts on Facebook. I can say that we hardly ever agree on anything. And that's exactly why I've invited him on the show today, because that's what Free America is all about. It's a place where people of differing points of view can come together to discuss issues of the day in a hopefully civilized manner. So please welcome me in joining my arch nemesis, <laughs> Miguel Maldonado. Miguel, welcome. Hey, Nick. Hey, hey. Nick. Uh, great. Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you. Just want to thank you for uh, inviting me to your platform. And, um, you know, like you said, so you can see other uh, point of views. You know, so oh. I'm, I'm glad to be here. 
Uh, that's uh, you're you're most welcome. And I know we've been we've been talking about this on and off for a little while. So I'm glad you were able to take take some time out of your day and uh, sit down with me and and share some share your points of view and your opinions on on some of the issues that we constantly bat back and forth on Facebook. <laughs> Boy, yeah, I'll tell yeah. you what. I mean, talk about it's like it's to me it's like it's like a sport now. It's become so uh, you know almost um, very. What's the word I'm looking for? It's it's competitive. It's yeah. it's almost as if people try to outdo each other with the, yeah. the the knowledge that they have or the links that they can post or the the you know the floweriness of their prose. It's 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 kind of fun actually. <laughs> it is because I, I I catch myself sometimes with that. You know, it's like I'll see a post on Facebook and then like oh I see a post well I have this you know and then the other person will be like well I have this. And before you know it, we, we we have so much information that the main issue at hand it gets diluted and it's no longer discussed. So, so again, I want to thank you for uh, bringing me to your platform. You know, to where we have different views. I think that it, it's important that somehow we come to the middle ground. We all want what's best <clears throat> for us, and you know, this is a great example of you, Nick, of, of actually allowing someone that has a totally different point of view. Uh, the new then to bring them aboard and give them a voice, you know, so thank you. Sure. Well, yeah, that's like, that's why I said, you know, that's why I started this podcast. I mean, to, to give people of differing points of view, a platform to come together and discuss it. And I think talking about it, um, especially in a face-to-face manner, like we're doing here is a lot easier than being a keyboard warrior, uh, <laughs> you know, at three in the morning on Facebook, because that, that it can get, it's, I'll tell you this, that, that text is the easiest way to miscommunicate an idea yeah. or an intention to somebody because you Very don't get, true. you don't get tone. You don't get context. You don't get any of these facial cues or, or other things that you would get when you're speaking to someone, uh, even over the phone, you know, you hear different intonalities at the way they'll say a word and it will give it a completely different meaning. Um, but you know, you know, in a face-to-face conversation, when you're looking at somebody, then you can also pick up, like I said, on those facial cues and and other uh, indicators of of the intent of what that person is saying. And so I think, yeah, like you said, things can often spin out of control real fast uh, when you start out talking about one thing, and then it just boom, 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 devolves, and all of a sudden, 50 comments later, you guys are talking about how <laughs> how Trump is a racist, and and you know, it, it just things get yeah. crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. true. You know, and I think that, uh, you know, we got to take the time to have a dialogue just like this one right now. So for sure. But well, uh, glad to I, have you. you know, I was watching your, your, your intro video and it's interesting. Um, you know, uh, there's some parts that I agree with you, Nick, you know, and I think that that's the reason why we're, we're Facebook friends, even though we don't agree on a lot, but, uh, you know, we, we do have to have that information of vaccines. So I'm, I'm, I'm against vaccines in certain points, you know, like for myself, for the flu shot, mm-hmm. you know, it's unbelievable. You, you see, get your flu shot for free. You know, you, you go to the pharmacy and it's there. You go to the uh, hospitals and it's there. And I tell you the experience that I had mm-hmm. I, I, a few months ago, I, I have to go to the doctor. I drove myself to the doctor because I wasn't feeling good. And it, it seemed like it was an urgent thing to take care of. So as soon as I walked in, you know, the, the receptionist, first thing that comes out of his mouth is like, oh, and the flu shot, you know? 
and I get registered within five minutes and then because the thing was urgent and I am inside the doctor's office now and the nurse comes in and the first thing comes out of her mouth is like flu shot, you know, and it's like, no, I don't need it. Doctor they, comes in and says, hey, by the way, flu shot. And I'm like, okay, that's the third time in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, no, I don't need it. So now they, they give me a bed and everything. The nurse now says, oh, the doctor, by the way, order a flu shot. And I'm like, dude, four times already. Fifth person comes in. It's this big, tall guy trying to intimidate me. And he comes like some legal forms or something. It's like, hey, how come you don't want to take the flu shot? And I was like, dude, you know, you're the fifth person in this visit. Flu shot, flu shot. I hear the flu sh- the word flu shot, and it's to me, it's like I I, I see Jehovah Witness, you know. So <laughs> so he kind of laugh a little. It's like touche, touche, good point. And, and you know, so yes, we have to be careful and, and get more information, um, you know, as far as those vaccines because uh, you know they they do want to force those vaccines on you. You know, look at schools. You know, they, they don't want to. They don't want to accept you unless you have the vaccine. You know, otherwise you can't you can't go to school. So, it's a mm-hmm. serious issue. It, it is. It is, and you make a good point. Is that at every turn they they seem to push it. They do a lot. Uh, when I go to the pharmacy uh, at CVS, that's that's just during flu season. That's the one. Oh, we have a free flu shot. Would you like a flu shot? And they ask me every time. And you're right. They. Uh, it seems as if that there's a memo floating around between all this medical professionals that we need to push the flu shot, push the flu shot, push the flu shot. And um, it, it does raise a red flag. I mean, on one hand, sure, um, you know, I'm sure the way that they see it is, is they're, they're getting out ahead of it. They're, they're getting people vaccinated and they're trying to prevent the, the widespread outbreak of a flu, which can be dangerous, especially for older people and people with immunocompromised uh, immune systems. Um, but I think to, to, to broadly distribute it and push it upon everybody is unnecessary. And I think it only serves to line the pockets of the companies that have developed the flu vaccine. That's my opinion, you know? So, uh, and that's something we also have to be concerned about with uh, this, this new vaccine and why they're also, they're pushing it so hard, um, you know, or why they're why they're suppressing other possible treatments for this this disease for this virus. As I brought up previously, hydroxychloroquine is one of those, and it, there's been a great deal of pushback from big pharma, big tech, Dr. Fauci, Bill Gates, everybody that has an interest in the vaccine. We're talking about financial interest. Even the National Institute of Health has a financial interest in this vaccine. They're the ones that are pushing back against a low-cost, possibly uh, a treatment, impossible cure for this disease. So you have to look at you have to, like I said, you have to follow the money. You have to look at who's going to profit most from from what from this vaccine or from any drug they roll out, like uh, the one from Gilead, I believe. Is Gilead? I think is 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 producing the vaccine, but Moderna is producing Remdesivir. Could be the other way around. I might have those two facts uh, mixed up, but either way, remdesivir. I think it's five hundred twenty-five dollars per dose, and I think you need to get something like six doses. So you're looking at, uh, you know, oh, oh, something north of six thousand dollars for a treatment. 
Whereas with hydroxychloroquine, I think the, the cost of it per treatment is either twenty-five or fifty dollars. One of the, the you know, we have to ask ourselves who's gonna who's actually gonna manufacture those vaccines that are twenty-five dollars. You know, because now the, at the end of the day, big pharma's they're gonna have their hands on it, whether. The doctors that are being pushed back come up with the vaccine. You know, they're not the ones that are going to manufacture the vaccine. You know, it's going to be these big pharma companies. So that's the reason why a lot of disagreement between, you know, what I see on Facebook, what people uh, post there, because it's like, let's not fool, our, fool ourselves, you know. Those doctors that come in and say, hey, it, it, this thing works, it's like, we just got a question why they're pushing it, you know, just like, you know, you can clearly see the Bill Gates is pushing this vaccine. It's like, why? But now I see the other side, like, why are they pushing it? And who is going to manufacture the vaccine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and why, you know, why this need of, you know, like that uh, post that I made, why, why is it there a need to, to promote it this way the, of the cure, hiring, you know, marketing firms and, and stuff like that, you know, it shouldn't, it, it, it just, it, it's something's not right, you know, and that's where I kind of question it. If, if they had like actual press, you know, being there, but you have these kind of. Are you talking about for hydroxychloroquine? Yes. That, that yes, whole yes, thing? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. My, yeah. yeah. I mean. I understand. I mean, I saw one of your posts uh, recently, like a, a day or two, and it's that post seems to be recent that it was coming in May, and it was some politician that said that it helped them. And, you know, that was today. So, yeah, that was, right, a, right. was a, a congressman from New York, or it was a, uh, it, was, it was a politician from New York. I don't want to say right. congressman, but right. it was it was a Democratic uh, uh, politician. And yeah. I thought, okay, here's an opportunity to reach across the aisle, you know, and someone. And the other side says, wait a minute, actually, this might work. Right. And it, it might work. I don't know. It might work. But the way that's going about it, it makes me question. Your suspicions you know? about the, the way they presented it with the with the so-called news conference. That's That was your post, right? That, that, that was- that's, that's one. And then I, I think that a lot of us that are always having different points of views that it, it, it's because... <clears throat> it was Trump, the first one that that said it, you know, and because he he comes across sometimes naive in the, the things he said. So there's sure. a track record of him saying stuff that you're like, dude, what are you thinking? So to the point where if he says something that's important to us, it's kind of like I'm not even going to listen. I'm, you know what? My, my hearing is numb. You know, you just so instead of him helping the cause, he kind of gives hmm. them the opposite effect, you know, because now we're like, oh, it's Trump. You Interesting know? So, point. Yeah, I, I didn't look at it like that. I mean, there's a lot of people who anytime they hear anything he says, just instantly reject it because because he he has a tendency, like you said, to speak off the cuff and, and a lot of times without a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge or and just in the way he says things, sometimes they come across as insincere. So yeah. Um, but I, but what what I've my 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 problem is that now that all of these studies have been done, now that all of these doctors are coming forward and saying this worked for my patients, this is 
cured my patients, has prevented deaths, and so on and so forth. I mean, even the Henry Ford Health System put out a study that that said that it works. So we're talking about name, name brand, name recognized institutions that are coming forward. So why are we still? Why is this? Why is the information still getting suppressed? Okay, that. Well, then, I don't then, know. Go ahead. I don't know so so much. I again, maybe because it, it the first. It came straight from Trump at first, so now yeah. it's like it seemed like it's right. uh, it's what's the word that I'm looking for? It, it just it, it invalidated the information, you know. Yeah. Maybe if so there. there's less of these, I don't know. It's to be honest with you, it's like it, it's a hard we're in a hard spot because Trump had said it now. Right, it's an uphill battle now to to gain back the trust of the public and. And it's not being helped by by big pharma or big tech uh, suppressing this information. And the more we put the information out there, uh, and the more people begin to see that, well, it's not just Trump that's talking about this. These are these are actual doctors with actual medical degrees from places like UCLA and from around the world who now are finding this to be true. My hope is that is that people will realize that it's not just about the science; it's about the money. And that's Absolutely. why these guys are stopping this from happening. And they're messing with your health. They're messing with your life. And, and they're yeah. putting you at risk from, from not potentially not having a life-saving treatment or someone you love, your family member. Let's say you're, you're, you know, your, your parents or your grandparents or somebody you know, don't, won't have access to this potentially life-saving drug because someone wants to make money. And think of all the lives that we could have saved back when Trump brought it up several months ago um so that that is that's what that's what upsets me is that is that the greed of these companies uh and the ignorance of of big tech or at least their their perceived ignorance on the subject um has has cost lives and continues to cost lives well hopefully we can see more i mean i know you're you already post a lot of information of of of, of the sources, you know, but like I mentioned to you, some of these journals, they're just, they're, they're just not studies, right. The, you know, yeah. so they're just publishing companies kind of like with those doctors that hired those, that campaign marketing campaign, you know, it's like, it, it wasn't like a real press conference. So now you have like this doubt, you know, and, and it, it's just going to make it difficult. And you, um, and you say it wasn't a real press conference because it didn't have CNN and Fox and all these other guys invited, right? Well, well yeah. I mean, it, it was just the it was the actual company that videotaped this thing and they just distributed it. It's a marketing it. company. It, marketing mar company. Mark company that they sure. videotaped it and they distributed sure. it. So you're you're asking, you know. But I don't, I don't see how that I don't see how that invalidates the the information though. You know, a lot of big drug companies have marketing divisions and they hire marketing companies. Uh, I think everybody, government, you know, everybody is marketing something. Somebody's always selling something. And in this case, they're selling the idea and they're fighting this uphill battle that hydroxychloroquine works. And so, yeah, why not? Why not get a bunch of doctors together who believe the same thing, put them in front of the Supreme Court, throw a camera on them and let's put it on the Internet. And And if anybody else wants to show up, great. If not. Hey, whatever we got the information out there. You know the sure, but it, the the thing with this company, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a legit company, you know. But it, it it's their one of their logos underneath the, the thing. It's like build your empire, 
you know mm-hmm. and you're like whoa <clears throat> like you want the dog i mean you know it's like build your empire so anyone can hire them because you want to build your empire so you already have this this trust issues with these doctors and, and now you see this thing it build your empire so you're you know well, but could I, they I, but could they build an empire on on bad information on false information it, you it know? could you know you never know i mean there's a lot of misinformation out there from both you're, left and right you know you're true yeah, that's very true you know so it's like again if if if, if we start seeing more patients that have been cured maybe that might change my my point of view but for right now it's just it still could be an open mind but just kind of like on the fence about it you know it'd be, uh, it'd be like nice if, more, go ahead if I, I if i you know you saw this uh, guy from new york who came out and said that so maybe more people come out and and and, and prove that they they were uh treated with this it's like yeah oh okay yeah some you know, more but, testimonials is what you're saying right yeah it, i found yeah, I found one. There was one guy um, who was in actually late stages of this, and he took it and it saved him. And he was on I, on on Fox, and so therefore it was automatically uh, uh, it was dismissed by anybody who doesn't watch Fox News and says, "Well, that's just you know that's more spin." Right. Well, they got a guy laying in a hospital bed. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much more real it can get, you know, he's, he's saying his thing it cured me, but you're right. I mean, it, there, are, you're right. Anybody can put out a piece of paper that has a bunch of doctor's names on it that says that we, we did X, Y, and Z, and these were the results. Of course, anybody can do that. The question is though, there are doctors, like there's a guy, there's like a the doctor in France who's getting death threats. And he's on record he did video of him saying this. Um, for, he's, he's been getting death threats for putting out this information and for, for saying that hydroxychloroquine works and that it's cured his patients. And so when you start to hear things like that and you see people, you can look this guy up and you see that he's, in, he's an actual real doctor and he's got a track record. And, and when you see the level of, of danger that he's in for for spreading information about a, a medicine that might cure somebody, that's when you start yeah. to go, well, wait a minute here. Um, there's something more to this. You know, somebody wants to keep this quiet. And again, I could, I always go back to follow the money, you know, who, who do you, who do you, who do you believe or think that's suppressing this information? The ones that they want us not to have a cure and be sick and, or sure. Who, who, do, who do you think? Top so of my what? top of my list is Bill Gates. Okay. And and Bill Gates, along with um, Anthony Fauci and the NIH, the, all of these people have a financial interest in the treatment with Remdesivir and with the vaccine. Money. They literally, uh, the NIH, the National Institute of Health, a government agency owns uh, half of the patent or half of the rights to the patent on the vaccine. So that's, these are the people, and these are the people that are putting out the information, uh, like Fauci and Gates, and they, I'm sure 
send out their edicts to all of these different media companies that are only owned by nine different people. So it's really not that hard to, you know, chain down right. the information. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that one video where there was something like 40 different news stations that had the same exact talking monologue, talking points about how this is dangerous for our democracy, uh, talking about, you know, and that's scary because that's exactly what happens. They call it the mockingbird media. So they get their talking points from up above from their superiors. It trickles down to each newsroom and boom, there you have it. So it's real easy for just a few people to control what, the majority of us here, unless you're out there uh, like myself and others, and I think you sometimes as well, you know, you're doing real research on on the internet. You're separating fact from fiction. You're looking at contradicting information and trying to find s- some kind of truth out there. And that's why I stopped and watching sometimes. cable news a long time ago, because it's all BS, man. Yep. I don't, I don't, I own a TV, but I don't turn it on. I don't watch any news. Uh, you know, I, to be honest, when they do, I, if I if I watch Fox News, I'll, I'll see CNN, and you can you can tell, you know, Fox News is bias with whatever they want, and CNN is biased to whatever they want to push. Let's not fool ourselves. <clears throat> That's not like CNN is always telling the truth. I seen it like, dude, come on, really. Um, speaking of that video that you said that uh, a lot of networks were saying the same thing, it's, it, it was the Sinclair marketing group, which is, yeah. by the way, it, it was a, a right-wing bias uh, uh, company. And, but yet, then, then you ask yourself, all the other channels, they're not right-wing bias, but, you know, so you got you know, you to question everything. Don't mm-hmm. believe it. They just because oh well, it must be CNN. It must be telling the truth, or ABC are telling the truth. NBC, you know, it's like you gotta question everything, you know. Yeah, I think so, the one the one news that I don't and again I don't watch it, but from the the news broadcast that I've seen that seem to be at least the least biased and most informed are the local news. Uh, local news out here, like out here in Los Angeles, you got NBC, ABC, and CBS. And I've seen some local news stories just on the internet where it seems to be pretty unbiased and it seems to be just basically giving people information. Here's the information that we found, make your own decision. And I think that's that's what news, well, it's what it used to be. Yeah. And now, now it's, it's gone from being fact to opinion. You see a lot mm-hmm. of these, everybody on these on these newscasts, you can tell they always start, well, I think this, and I think that, and I think so on and so forth. And it's all opinion. It's, there's no, there's no actual fact, or they'll take right. fact and they'll spin it into opinion. Well, I think he right. meant this when he said that. So. Yeah, and you've seen, you've seen uh, a lot of these so-called, uh, they're actually talk shows they're not even news you know but a lot of people see it as news report you know it's like just because mm-hmm. they have uh, breaking breaking news at the bottom or something they think that that's the news and it's like it, it's a mm. talk coast show you know so um you know the funny thing about fox news is that uh they originally had they, they were very outspoken towards the, the right at the beginning but something happened 
and they changed. It, it had something to do with money, but mm -hmm. they were very anti-right wing, <clears throat> and now it's like it's the total opposite. Just yeah, they're a little more they, like they used to say, fair and balanced. They don't say that anymore. Yeah, I think I think I think what they had to do was pick a side and be the alternative to the the other things out there. So. Right. Uh, it just like, fine, we'll just get 50% of the audience by going right <laughs> and let the other guys take the other 50% by going left. And right. I, it's got to be, it's, like you said, money, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Money money drives a lot of decisions uh, for people, especially in business. I think it drives every decision in business. Well, it's supposed to. Right. Um, and so when you mix the two things of ethics and money, when you're talking about news reporting, what do you think is going to win? Money. Money. Yeah. In money. Yep. yeah. So, well, it looks like we're agreeing on, on a lot more than I thought we would. This is, so, this well, is interesting. You know, <laughs> I, and, well, the thing is this, is that there's a lot of us out there like, like myself, you know? Uh, but again, we have those extremists on, on both sides that are just, they're yeah. not, they're not helping the cause. Right. You know? Uh, but Again, it's because, it's like you said, it's like we want to share resources. Like, oh, well, I have this link to this. And then you have the other person, well, I have this link to, that contradicts what you said. And, and it, it's never ending. You know, maybe we should uh, go out and, and uh, have more more of one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations. Have a grab a cup of coffee or a beer. Well, you, know? A, you know, you're, you're right. And, and that's, that is part of the problem is that because of these lockdowns and because of this, there's our social interaction has been narrowed down into these social media platforms. So now the only opportunity that we have to engage each other is in these, in these posts and in these threads and in this way. And therefore I think that's what's actually served to polarize people even more so during this time. So where, to where, it wasn't a political issue before that right. medicine, medicine was not a political issue before um, or, or curing a disease was not a political issue before. Now it is. Uh, people weren't interested in politics before. I know people, tons of people who are like, I was never interested in politics until this started <laughs> happening. And, and so they've got everybody in on the conversation, but nobody's listening. Everybody's talking and nobody's listening. And and it just gets wound up and wound up to this this fever pitch to where people want to kill each other. I mean, you yeah. see people out on the streets and they're like ready to go. And I'm that's a, that's a concern for me, is that is that we're getting so wound up, so riled up by each other on these social media platforms, and then by the the media who who puts all they put out is pictures saying, well, these protests were were peaceful and the other news media says they, were, they weren't peaceful look at them firebombing the police station and you know throwing rocks at cops and and then so it gets those people on the other side all, all riled up and pissed off and like oh look at these communists are out here destroying our country and so yeah. so they're ready to go to war they think that that these people just want to destroy the country and maybe some of them do in my opinion it would seem like they do they're saying no more cops no more borders no more government you just shut it all down and i think that's the extremist viewpoint of that side but that's what makes news that's what the news right. shows you and all of a sudden you think that everybody from blm uh or antifa is um now a terrorist that wants to completely destroy america 
Well, you know, it's I, I think that it's on both sides that they, they're, they're also there's some people out there that they want to use those organizations for their agenda where they want to destroy uh, America. You know, it's sure. like you have the extremists on the uh, white supremacists that want to, you know, destroy America. And then you have some that are using the Black Lives Matter platform to, to push their agenda. So we just got to be careful, you know, mm-hmm. with the Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's. You know, I you you hear that some people say that this is a terrorist group and they want to tear America down, and uh, you know, and and so they want to dilute the purpose of what the uh, Black Lives Matter is. Is to just bring in attention to to something that's going on. You to know? police to police violence against people of color, and that's the that's you know? the issue at hand. But they're you're right. They're turning it political. And they're taking advantage of people's emotions and their anger, and they're and they're and they're directing it in a way that they wanted to go, which is this political and possibly anti-American fashion. Uh, you know, and I agree with you. It's like, it's crazy, but we can't let those things fool us from what the real issue is, you know? Um, you know, there's a lot of people making fun, like, oh, well, they fund the, they fund the police. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, we can understand what defunding means. It's like when you have here, in LA or in California, where 55% of the money budget actually goes to the police, you know, for equipment or whatever, it's like we don't need the police to have militarized equipment, tanks. Some, some it's unbelievable, but some poli- uh, police um, units, they actually have tanks. You yeah, know? they got the MRAPs that came back from Iraq and Afghanistan. That was uh, under a federal. A federal program that was set up, I believe, under uh, Obama. It could have been actually before him with Bush. That was it funnels all used military equipment into police departments around the country, and so they, like you said, they militarized the police, and that's that's not cool. Uh, you know, you see them all dressed in black. I mean, they 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 look like they look like soldiers, first of all, but second of all, it goes against. Uh, what was set up after World War II, there was a law put in place here in the United States that said that law enforcement cannot wear black because it, it because it was too much like the Nazis. It was too much like militarization of the police. And so around uh, the United States, you see a lot of different police uniforms. In New York, they have like a light blue shirt. Down in Miami, they got like a kind of a beige thing going on. But here in L.A., they've always worn, they claim, is a navy blue or a very dark navy blue. You're not fooling anybody. Those uniforms are black and they're black for a reason because black projects this, this authority and projects fear into the people that, that, that they're dealing with. It, it, you know, it puts them in this position of power um, of someone that someone you should be afraid of when they're wearing black. It's just a, it's a psychological thing. And that's why that law was put in place. And that's why I think this, the, the city of Los Angeles or the LAPD has dressed in such a manner. But now you look at cops all over the place, if up in Oregon or whether it's there or in Seattle, especially any of these SWAT guys uh, or, you know, any kind of special tactics team, they're all in black and they got all this armor on and stuff. And they look, like you said, completely militarized. Scary. So, you know, so we got to look into what, maybe they should need to change the term defund into redistribute the money you know for the, mm. the budget because you know 55 percent of it goes to police 
yeah. where it could go to other causes, which might be for schools, social programs, you know, to help the, the our youth, you know, maybe, you know, to even to better some communities, you know, so that's what it means, you know, I, but, I, but then some people want to uh, politi well, politicize, politicize this word. Yeah. Man. No, I get, I get that. I, but what, what a lot of people are saying is that when you take, when you take money away from the police, um, you end up hurting the people in the communities in which you're trying to help. So let's say you have fewer police officers on the street now in areas that are high crime and they are, there are fewer police to respond to those crimes and the criminals know this. And so crime rates go up. We've already seen this happen in New York where they, in June, they completely obliterated the plainclothes police officers division in New York, in Manhattan. And that was uh, about 500 guys gone off the street. And as soon as that happened, murder started skyrocketing, shootings skyrocketing. And it's because the criminals know that, well, it's like the Wild West now. We can get away with anything. So I think the 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 idea behind defund the police or reallocate funding from the police is a good one. But I think it's not been thought through completely. Okay. True. But I think that also that the word it, it, it just doesn't sound right. It, I think that if we use the word surplus, if we use the word surplus right now mm -hmm. on the police budget, you know, it's like surplus. That means that they have plus money that they could be using it for something else. Yeah. Because they already have the uniforms. They already have the, the tank. They already have the, <laughs> the whatever rifles that they, they have. So uh -huh. they have a surplus. So okay. they, that needs to be invested well, into something else, you know? You're right. And, and, and everyone knows how government budgets work that, and agencies know this, that if you don't spend the money that you were given this year, they're going to give you less next year. Yeah. And so each year they continually spend <laughs> more and more and more so they can get more and more money. And I think that's something, if you want to get down to fundamentals of government funding and why we keep getting taxed to death, especially out here in California is because government keeps spending more and more and more. Um, we definitely got to put that in check. Go ahead. It, it goes crazy. I mean, I remember seeing a, there was like some kind of a uh, hearing where someone was talking about, uh, they were questioning the, the they sold, an agency sold a, a, a hammer for like $100,000 to the <laughs> yeah. government, you know? So yes. Like, wait a minute, what is going on here? You know? So, yeah, that there's some serious waste and there's some serious over overcharging going on uh, like that. There was a case where a, a friend of mine who was in, in the Navy was, uh, was dating a guy at the time who was in the Marines. And they, they worked on the same base together, and he did repair on, on jets, on airplanes for the Marine Corps. And his senior officer had ordered a new engine for one of these jets. And these things, these things go for, you know, $8, $10 million a piece. I mean, they're not, they're not cheap, these, these jet engines for these, these planes. So he orders it. The thing shows up. It's the wrong engine. Rather than send it back, he said to scrap it. He told the guy to scrap it. And that is right there, the, one of the best examples of government waste because he knows, hey, 
if we send it back, that's eight to ten, eight to ten million uh, less than we might get next year because we didn't spend it this year. And that's what's killing this country. That's why our national debt is in the trillions. And yep. and they're they're talking about adding more to it. What did they they recently wanted to um, borrow another three point four trillion from us, our future selves? People don't get that. They're like, where are we get? Where are we getting all this money for all these bailouts? You know, three hundred million to the, the, the Audubon Foundation. You know, where does that money go, come from, and where does it go? And it comes from us. People don't realize it. I mean, sure, they print it right there at the Treasury under the under the guide under the guidance of the Fed, the Federal Reserve, which loans it to us <laughs> at interest. Yeah. So you got this private bank, the Federal Reserve, which. Uh, Tells the treasury to print the money, loans it to us at interest. And so we're end up paying back this private bank at some point in the future, which we never will. Um, but but it's it's outrageous. It's asinine. And I think recently, actually, one good thing that Trump did was he took back control of, of creating of money creation and all of that from the Fed. And so now they're pretty much toothless. Uh, they All they can do is is offer policy guidance, but they can no longer, they're no longer the ones who are in control of printing that money and, really? and loaning it. Yeah. He took the, that's, that was something that in 1913, I think it was Woodrow Wilson or yeah, Woodrow Wilson, I believe was the one who took us onto that, um, onto the federal reserve. Um, right. Act. Right. Well, I got to I got to research that because, you know, the Federal Reserve, it's it's like a big, big organization. You know, I you know, there's a there's a theory that said that uh, that's the reason why uh, JFK was assassinated, because he was going to get rid of the, the, the reserve. So to say now that Trump did this and took the, the, the power away from them, it, it would be some something big so I'll, I'll research that you know it's yeah you should you, know. you should you should look into that because there's a lot of things out there that, that people haven't heard about what trump has done like for example he took back the port of la from china under obama they were allowed to buy the port of los angeles because of their their network of shipping uh their what is their is it called uh costco is it costco or I can't remember the name of the shipping company that's basically it's owned half owned by the Chinese government. But in order to increase efficiency, they started buying ports all, all around the world. And so they those included ports here in the United States, and one of which was the Port of Los Angeles. And this flew under the radar. Nobody heard this, mm. that the Chinese owned it, and nobody heard that Trump told them, hey, take a hike. This is a national security issue. You cannot own our ports. Uh, you know, here's your money back. Have a nice day. And Ooh. I think that's one of the, another one of the reasons why China really doesn't like the U.S. at this point is because someone finally stood up and said, you know what? No, man, this is a this is a the the Trans-Pacific Partnership is a is a very lopsided trade agreement, which doesn't serve the American people very well. It um, over, I don't know how many of the, the last few decades, jobs have been shipped overseas to places like China by both Democrat and Republican leadership. 
in this country. And yeah. they haven't served us very well at all. I think, yeah, uh, I think that that's a, another reason why a, a lot of us have a problem with uh, Trump. You know, it's, it's, he says to save the American jobs, but, you know, and talks bad about China this and China that. But at the beginning of his, uh, when he was running for president, you know, he was called out because his ties and his, you know, things were, they were made in China. You know, so I remember that on that on David Letterman, he called him yeah, out right. on that. You know, so it's, <laughs> so it's is there so hypocrisy? I, yeah. You know, you see that, you're like thinking, you know, a lot of people would just go blind on it, but it's like you're thinking, wait, you're saying to bring back jobs to America and, and, and all this, but yet you have your, your stuff made over there. Mm -hmm. So it just makes it very difficult to believe, you know, it's, it's like I said, I, I personally don't, I do watch the news and everything, but don't believe it. I, I, I base my, my opinion and my conclusions based on what I hear from people's mouth, you know, yeah. whether it's the president or any reporter or doctor, if, if it comes from their mouth, it doesn't matter what reported agency it is. It, it, it remains a fact. Well, he, you know, you so, know, you're right about that. And you're right that, that uh, he did his his ties were made in China. Um, and ha but have you ever tried to buy anything that wasn't made in China? I mean, seriously, go to the store and look on the, on the bottom of any box of any, any good or house goods or any item that you buy. It's all made in China. This, this cup right here. Yeah. Made in China. <laughs> Made in China. So, yes, dude, it's everything true, is made in China, but that's because but of that's because of years and years and years of policy that has put those manufacturing jobs over there. And people say, well, you know, that's why American wages are flat. That's why the middle class in America has been disappearing for for all of these years. That's why uh, there just aren't decent jobs. There's too many people competing for the jobs that are here which drives down the cost of, of wages. So it's not good for employees. So no matter what you do, hey, you got to start somewhere. Maybe everything is made in China today, but tomorrow is a different day. And he's already brought back steel manufacturing jobs into the U.S. That's 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 something new. Um, and renegotiated the uh, the NAFTA agreement, which, again, was was not beneficial to the U.S. And I think, you know, it's 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 being national being having a national interest or an interest in the well-being of americans isn't xenophobic it's not it's not racist it's it's what it is is it's caring for yourself first before you put another country ahead of you and i think that's what the policies for the last few decades of democrats and republicans have done is they put other countries first it's a globalist agenda that seeks to make, hey, it sounds great on paper, it's all rainbows and unicorn farts, but but really when you think about it, globalism, it may be great for the other parts of the world like China or Africa or India, but it's not good for America. And, and that's you know, the reason why I like him is because he's for America first. E I, that's where I'm gonna disagree 100% because see, prior to Trump, America is not what it used to be. I, I came here back in 1979 and I was very proud to, to come to this country. And I was like, wow, this is a country. You would hear it everywhere. You would hear it in the news. You would see it on movies. You would see it from music. America, everyone wanted to come to America. And America was the leader of everything. Everyone looked up 
to America, you know? Mm -hmm. Other countries wanted to be like America, you know? And and, and the USA was looked at as the person that took care of everyone, you know, meaning that if there was some bully around the, the, the world, the United States would come in and say, nope, you, you can't you can't do that, you know? So, but now, and it, it, it welcomed everyone. The America that I grew up with welcomed everyone. They seem as someone that- We not still only do. Care, not only, yes, in a way, but what I'm saying is that, you know, it, it was, it was, promoted as such. Hey, you know what? We welcome you with open arms. You know, but now it, it's a little bit different. It's 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 just me, us, 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 us. You know, hmm. it's us, us, us. And it, and it's and the problem that I have with his policy is it's let's say for example the way when he was bad mouthing Mexicans, you know? Mm-hmm. Do we do do we need uh Border security, of course we do, okay? But let's be honest. A wall is not going to solve that problem. When you have – go ahead. I was going to say, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wish I had all the clips lined up right here because I can show you every past administration and every uh, Republican, Democrat on through from, from Bush to Clinton to – um, Obama to Hillary Clinton even saying it. We all need a wall. We all need to secure the border. They all said we needed a wall. Even Pelosi herself said we need a wall on the border. And as soon as Trump said it, they all said, no, that's racist. That's xenophobic. That's anti-American. And just because he said it. But I can show you, and I, I'll show you when we're offline you. here. I, I, all I of them have you. called for it. All of them have I called for you. it. Because securing the border is good for not just because of there's dangerous things coming across like drugs or gang members or, or human trafficking going on for Christ's sake. But what it does is it, it makes it a little more orderly the way people enter the country. And so we can do so in an orderly fashion. But when you got people just coming across here and there and everywhere, um, there's no way there's, it's out of control. You don't know what's happening, who's coming in. And uh, a lot of these people just, they, they don't play um, they're not playing by the, the rules that everybody else who waits in line to get citizenship in this country, to get entry into this country does. So I'm, I'm sure you you and your family, that you play by the rules. Now, how does it feel for someone else to say, you know what, we're not going to stand in line. We're not going to play by the rules. We're just going to walk right in, man. How did, you know, how does that make you feel? I mean, you're the one played by the rules and these people don't. Nick, I'm going to be honest with you. My family didn't play by the rules. Okay. So <laughs> that's what Ronald Reagan He's my grandfather. He's the one that made me legal here. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know, so um, what I'm saying is it, it's just the way he talks, dude. It's the way he projects, the way he 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 it, it's just the way he he doesn't put sugar and cinnamon on the, on his words. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Maybe mm-hmm. the other politicians have said, Hey, mm-hmm. we need a wall, but they don't they don't project this hateful speech of yeah we need the wall we've got to stop mexicans and we've got to stop muslims from coming in and we got you know what i mean it, it's 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 the way that he markets himself the way he markets his idea that mm-hmm. now you have these other people that maybe he's not racist you know mm-hmm. maybe he he's not racist but the way he said it he's saying he like that's it you yeah, know the, you have maybe this, he needs that marketing company you were talking about earlier <laughs> you know and then they have this <laughs> real racist they're like oh look you know Look at our president. He's racist. It, it, and now he, he seems like 
it, that it's okay. And you see, you see more, more, uh, you know, more stuff where people are just raised. I've, in the last four years, I've been told four, three times to go back to my country where I came from. You know, this never happened. I've been in this country, I don't know, 40 years, mm -hmm. 40 years in this country. And never in my life had anyone said, hey, you need to go back to where you came from, ever. You mm. know, and I never felt like someone was going to say that. And now here comes this guy and he starts, you know, saying, hey, maybe you, you don't like it. If anyone doesn't like it, maybe you can go back where we came from. And that enables so others, you know, like I said, it, it's the way he talked, right. the way. And, and then you have those real racist people that say, oh, it, it must be OK to be a racist. You know, that's mm. why you have all these other groups that are coming out like they feel like it, it's OK. You like know, since the president talks about it that way, it's okay for me to to be outspoken the way that I I talk to other people. Yeah, you're right. There's definitely no excuse for it, and you know, that's not something that I would ever say to to anybody because I believe, first of all, it's just rude. Uh, second, I don't even know if they're American citizen or not because Americans we we come in all colors, shapes, and sizes. So but you have right, and you have but you have those ignorant people that think that just because you have a, a Hispanic last name or because you look like me that <clears> everyone's <throat> from Mexico, you know, and then it, it that goes with the Muslims too, you know, so it's like it affects sure. everyone. If I'm legal, some people think that I might might be an illegal, you know, just because the way president the president talks and it affects everything, you know. Well, so, what do you what do you what do you think about illegal immigration? Do you think it's a good thing? I think that, you know, drugs are not good. I think that criminals are not good. Uh, anyone that it, it's a criminal coming across this way, well, it doesn't matter what country they're from, you know, they, they don't need to be here because they don't provide good for us. Now, mm -hmm. let's be honest, there's going to be always legal immigration. You know, you have the people working in the fields, you know. Um, well, you can le you can legally immigrate here and do those things, though. So. Uh, you could, you could, but once you have a legal status here, that you're you're not going to work in the fields. You know, I mean, who who if if you take if you were to take every illegal person or person that doesn't have documents to be here legally, if you take them all out of their field. From the fields, who's who's going to do that job? Well, do you think that gonna... that's that's the only job that people who are here illegally are doing? No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm okay. saying is that you know you have people saying, "Oh, you have these immigrants; they're coming in and they're taking our jobs." It's like, okay, oh. let's let's take that 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 thing. Let's take him out of the fields. Who's going to do the job? Sure. Well, then legal people who basically anybody who wants to earn money can go and get that job. And if they're paying less than minimum wage, then that's an illegal operation. Those people are conducting business illegally. So, so there are there are people there are people there are farmers. There are people who are not undocumented workers who work in the fields and they are they are some are naturalized and some were naturally born American citizens. But I see what you're saying. I know, and that is a common argument among people who say, well, let's, you know, what happens if we get rid of all the illegal immigrants? Who's going to 
go out and, and work in the fields. All right. I get that. But what I've witnessed over the last 30 years, at least as in my adult working life, is that a number of jobs like entry level jobs that used to be performed by, let's say, like high school kids and stuff are, mm -hmm. are now performed by people who may or may not be legal citizens. I don't know because I don't ask them. I don't care to. Uh, then you look at jobs in like construction, electrical, plumbing, um, jobs that where guys like my uncle uh, who, who drank himself to death. He was, a, he was a contractor who couldn't compete with other contractors who were hiring labor under the table, who were not paying minimum wage, who were paying cash under the table. And one reason why employers do that is because the employees are not legally here. And so you look at how that affects the the. A, the, the bios, not the biosphere, but just the, the whole environment around which work takes place. So if you've got contractors who are, who are underbidding other contractors because they're using cheap labor, undocumented labor in all of these fields, plumbing, electrical, concrete, you name it, framing, uh, high rise elect, you know, projects, all of it, then it displaces all of the people that should have had those jobs into other fields, right? And so now you've got these other fields that have uh, an overabundance of labor, which then depresses the cost of that labor because of supply and demand. So if you have more supply of, of human people, of humans, uh, and there's a lower demand, you can keep wages down. And so what I've seen over the last 30 years, especially here in Southern California and Los Angeles in particular, is stagnant wage growth. And you've seen the disappearance of, of the middle class and jobs that used to used to be able to raise a family with. Now, uh, now you have to live with a roommate in a two bedroom apartment. And so, can can you know can, does can I blame all that on on illegal immigration? Absolutely not. I mean, there are a lot of factors that go into that. However, it doesn't help. And I think that we need to get a handle on it and 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 have a probably a better way than we have right now for people to get into the country legally and to get naturalized. But we got to do something, man, because it's definitely not helping the country. Well, I agree. But again, you know, let's do it smart. You know, a wall is not going to help. I, I keep telling you this. It's, it's not going to help. You spend $25 billion on the wall and you have these guys that can go under the wall you know, or over the wall or fly over the wall. It, it, it's just not, uh, that's not the answer. That's what I'm saying. It's, you're going to waste $25 million and that's not the answer. It's something better has to. You know what they've been talking about? Uh, I, I, I like what you're, I like where you're going with this. Something that I've heard is uh, utilizing um, like motion detection, vibration detection, sensors, uh, and yeah. and then and then drones to basically just fly back and forth with uh, with FLIR, forward-looking infrared, and and then deploying uh, border border patrol personnel to address the interdicting party. At that point, I think that's that's probably more effective and and less expensive than building a wall. But I think a wall is also more because, you know, Trump, it's all about the symbol, how it looks. It projects strength. You yeah, know? but, you know, it's it, again, if if he would have put some sugar and cinnamon on his words, maybe yeah. he would have a better, more effective <laughs> uh, of, of, uh, 
you know, but I, it, it's just not. I, it, I wish that was. I wish he was like that, man. It would make <laughs> it would make my job a lot easier. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, yeah, so that's the thing of uh, immigration. You know, you, you just have some all this thing about anti-immigrant, anti-this, and it's it's some of it. It's not. It's not going to help. You have people that want to say, well, you know, if you're if you're if you have kids here that are illegal, they shouldn't go to school. They shouldn't be allowed to go to school. And you know, personally, I would I rather have that's someone. Good for anybody. That, yeah. Right. But you have these people that are pushing it. It's like, you know what? I would rather have someone that's educated yeah. and not legal than have someone that's illegal and, and it, it, it's and they uneducated. No other, and and, and, and they, now they have, they're going to crime. You know right. what I yeah, mean? They don't have, they, they're not going to leave. Right. They don't have the skills to compete in the workplace. And so they're going to turn to crime. So you're right. Absolutely. Um, um, cutting off education from a certain group of people because of immigration status doesn't help anybody, doesn't serve anybody. Um, but it, you know, as you're as we're finding here, like in Los Angeles, the 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 schools are overwhelmed and they, they keep every every election cycle. We're raising another tax. They just raised the gas tax, you know, just went back up here in July, another 20, 18 cents per gallon. Add that up over the millions of gallons that are sold every day in L.A., uh, and across the state, that's a lot of money. And now they're talking about in November again, putting forward uh, this this um, new tax on on commercial properties. They're repealing Prop 13, and so they can start charging more tax for uh, commercial properties, which is inordinately going to affect lower income people because these apartments that they stay in. Our commercial properties, and so if the if the tax goes up on that commercial property, then so does the rent on that commercial property. And but again, they're asking for more money for schools, man. When does it stop? Where does all this money go? It did. It started with the lottery. Remember, the lottery was going to save yeah. the school system. The lottery is right. supposed to like, oh, it's going to be all, it's going to be beautiful from here on in. We're never going to have to raise taxes again. And every two years, man, boom. Just like clockwork, it's another. It's for the kids. It's for the schools. You know, do it for the kids and the schools. And I'm like, dude, didn't we just do this last year? You know, right. so so what's up? I mean, like we gotta. Then there's there's a lot of there's a lot of factors at play here. And I think that, dude, we're in a, we're in a position right now where we got we gotta we gotta do something. We gotta slow slow the stem the tide of people coming in you know and do it do so in an orderly fashion or else like i said right. we're gonna we're gonna continually be financially overwhelmed and unable to even even teach those kids in in a, in in a good fashion in in a, in, a, in a suitable environment you know i had a i had a junior high teacher that uh he was very involved with the, the schools he really really cared for for the students he was uh he 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 was even the uh, union's uh, teachers union president at one point, and he told me this is like a long time ago. He said, "Actually, Miguel, the the agenda of the government, uh, he didn't say the government. He said the agenda of this development is to dismantle public education. That is the <clears> ultimate <throat> goal, and they can't wait to just dismantle it. And I believe him because of you who? don't of the establishment. He this is how he." he he said the establishment wants wants to dismantle public education at all levels. 
you know huh. so, so they're not gonna do because if you have the population that's not educated guess what you can't they're easier to control right they're easier to control so he he was very outspoken and uh, uh on that but um as far as i know if that was true or not you know i don't know but it seems that sometimes it looks like that's what it is you don't have uh enough well, money going to schools you know you have a lot of schools that are falling apart they don't have air conditioning they don't have uh, supplies it's kind of sad that you have teachers that actually buy their own supplies for their, their classrooms you know why, why why is that i mean it, it, I thought, are we raising all this of, money <laughs> you know yeah and, and no it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a shame they do have to buy their own supplies and and, the, and if they want to do projects with the kids they got to buy, buy all the supplies for that out of their own pockets uh, I don't even know if that's a, even a tax break at the end of the year um, for these for these teachers, well, think, which, is, which well, is it should be. But I actually Trump Trump took away that uh, from what I heard. Trump took away that the teachers can't um, put that as a deductible on their taxes anymore. I don't know if that's yeah. true, but that's what I heard. You know. Well, he um, took away my style as an actor. We used to be able to deduct everything from the clothing we would buy for. The auditions that we'd go on to the acting classes and all those other things and now those are no longer deductible so that's one thing that i uh i, I still am pissed a little pissed at him about <laughs> <laughs> but um but i think he's trying to do things with regard to reducing people's income taxes i know just when he just signed this executive order yesterday or the day before uh, that he doesn't have the ability to uh tell the government to stop collecting income tax um, right but it was a nice gesture but, but it, it, it is a nice gesture and you know what when i first read read what he did and i was like oh dude he finally is acting like a president but then you know you, you kind of look back like dude this is just another freaking stunt because well, all these executive orders that he just signed for the unemployment yeah. and all this all this stuff it's not going to happen one well, a lot, actually get, go ahead it's going to get challenged in court and that's mm -hmm. going to take months and months so it's it's just another thing personally my belief it's just another thing of saying oh look i'm the nice guy i try to do this i mean come on let's let's remember elections well, just coming up you know sure. just around the corner you gotta sure. look you gotta make you gotta do whatever it takes to make yourself Look, and I get it, right? But, but, you know, to well, do here, it, here's the, here's the thing is that like a, a couple of couple of things that that he did actually can work. See, the way executive orders work is that he can direct agencies, the government agencies, to do something based within the laws that are already on the books. And so, you know, he can direct uh, agencies uh, to to not enforce evictions. Or right. to or or direct banks not to uh, force bankruptcies or, or foreclosures and those sorts of things. Um, he, with regard to the the taxes on on people, uh, you know, I don't, I, I know, I know that that's within the purview of Congress that they control that they control taxation and how much we can be taxed and. And all that so that is definitely outside of his purview uh i'm gonna have to do a little more research in, into these things i just got the information so i'm not completely read up on it but i do know that 
that some of the things that he that he put forth in the executive order do have teeth and they and they and they will stick. But you're right. Part of it is definitely have a political posturing. But I think in the face of what 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 the deadlock that we've been witnessing here in Congress between the Republicans and Democrats that come up with this second aid package, uh, something had to be done. Someone had to step up and say, let's get something done. Let's get some money into the hands of people. Let's uh, help people. Because you look at the last package that they passed, the CARES Act, we each got 1200 bucks. I don't know if you did. I got 1200 bucks. But that's it, man. The, the friends yeah. of all the of all the, the, the Congress people on the both the, the right and the left and all their little pet projects and all their little things from NPR to, you know, some Republican things that they want all got hundreds of millions of dollars, man. Hundreds of millions for no reason. Yeah. And 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 so did all these corporations. They all got these big bailouts. And you know who has to pay for it? You and me. And I'm sick of it, man. And, that, and that, that's what this whole last thing was all about, is they're just loading it up with more pork. They wanted $3.4 trillion, where we would still get, yeah, you still get $1,200, but it would ta- it would be twice, more than twice what they, they got before. More than twice what they, they borrowed from us before, yeah. man. And so... I think he, he, he's trying to do something and say, look, man, you know, because he got actually he got Pelosi to come back down. She was like, OK, we'll do it. We'll do it for two trillion after after he's like, I'm doing this. And she's like, all right, we'll do two trillion. Then and he was like, no, nah, it's too late. You guys have been messing around. I told you, you know, this is how he negotiates. Look, this is his strat. This is his style. This is how he negotiates. You know, he plays hardball. He puts out, a, you know, a big high number first. And then, and then he just he'll low ball you, low ball you, low ball you down. So I think this is just another strategy that he's using to kind of bring both both parties to the table to come to some kind of agreement. Because he's he's not a big friend of the Republicans either. I mean, they a lot of those people hate him, and, and in fact, he's not even you know even though he ran as a Republican candidate, I mean, he's more independent of either of those parties than than um, any of the past presidents have been of their parties. So. I think this is a, a negotiation strategy and and let's hope it works out in our benefit because I do really think that he has the 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 well-being of the American people at heart. That's my opinion and I and I believe his actions stand by that. I hope so. Uh, just a little side note on these bailouts with the you know with every time something like this happens in the bailouts uh, just a personal story but uh when there was the housing um fiasco of i believe it was 2008 i believe yeah yeah uh and the <laughs> banks got bailed out I, I was getting phone calls from a, a bank saying hey mr maldonado you also you was we we need a payment from you blah 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 and i, I told him hey dude you know what uh to be honest with you you, you your bank just got bailed out by the government they paid you i don't know how many billions of dollars and you just got bailed out so my grandfather meaning the president just paid you, so consider my 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 uh, account paid in full. I'm not paying you anymore. You already got your money. Uh, and yeah. They, they never call me again. Ever. Really, really. Yeah. It. Wow. Really. But did, now you. But you're still paying your mortgage now, right? Or are you done? I I, I no. This is so a uh, credit card. It was this. Oh, card. credit card. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought so, I thought but, you were uh, talking about your mortgage, but no, no, but, no, uh, no. Just the credit. But it, I thought it was. 
you know, I just said it just because I was pissed that, you know, the banks were getting all this money, bailout sure. money, and we were, we were still struggling. You know, there was a lot of people being laid off and what have you. So I said, hey, you know what, dude? You just got ba- bailed out by, by the government. So consider yourself paid in full. Good for you, man. Good for yeah, you because they're they they're greedy and they'll take all that they can get, man. And I, you know, I, I, uh, I once did an offer and compromise with a credit card company and settled for like ten cents on the dollar. Um, now it still it still is a negative mark on the credit, but it shows that the account was closed and settled. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do, but I think that's that was brave of you and and wise of you really to step up and say that and tell them, you know, to go stick it where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> Because man, I I hate banks, man. I always have. I did a, a series not too long ago called "Beat the System," and it was about. I did a couple episodes uh, on banks, and one of them was about recovering overdraft fees. So this is when wow. they were charging people, you know, hundreds of dollars in overdraft fees, and 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 they left me stranded, like high and dry. I was I was living in Central America at the time, and they pulled one of these overdraft stunts. And I was left for several days without any money in Central America, man. It's not a place you want to be broke. And so right. ask a lot of people that live there. You don't want to be broke living in Central America. So um, anyway, I, it took me some time to figure out what they were doing and how they were doing it. What they did was they would reorganize transactions out of chronological order into the, the largest to smallest. And so right. it would trigger the overdraft quicker. And right. then they would use all those other small charges to trigger more and more and more and more and more overdrafts. Uh, they would also withhold deposits for up to 10 days. And, yeah. and there was one other thing that they were doing. So anyway, once I figured this out, I called them up. And at the time I was studying to be a, uh, an insurance agent. I was studying life insurance. And in the course of my studies, I learned about something called a contract of adhesion. And what mm-hmm. that is, is when is when one party drafts the terms of the agreement and in order for the other party to do business with them, they're, they're basically forced to sign it without any ability to negotiate the terms. But the court finds that if the terms are either unfair or, or uh, unbalanced in any way against the person who signed, that the court will find in favor of the person who signed the agreement, not the person who drafted it. And so... I brought this up and I got all the way to the office of the president for a bank of America. And I said to him, Hey, look, I want my $450 back. And if not, I'm going down to a uh, small claims court. I'm going to file a claim against you. And I'm going to argue contract of adhesion. And I explained the whole thing. Well, they were funded the money. And so, and, and I told a lot of other people how to do this. And not long after that, a, a, a lawsuit was filed against Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and I believe Chase, uh, right. alleging yeah. alleging the very things that that I had discovered about how they were doing, what they were doing, and how they were eff- effectively uh, taking advantage of people who could least afford to be taken yeah. advantage of. And so, I, I to this day, like I said, I hate banks. I still hate them, and and I, I do very little business. It's very little business with them as possible. <laughs> And if and when I'm, I'm ready to purchase a house, it's going to be for cash. I am not going to get a mortgage. Yeah, yeah. I don't want. I don't want to deal with a bank, man. So. I, yep. I agree with you. Yeah, we we went through something very similar. My wife was like, "Hey, wait a minute, look at these transactions. You know, they 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 they're moving it just like you explained it. You know, they're just 
rearranging it so that you came out and did lose an end. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So, wow, man. Well, we are getting up to close to 90 minutes here. Uh, I, uh, we're, do you have anything else that you, you wanted to cover? Uh, any other things you wanted to discuss? You know, we just gotta be, uh, you know, spread out, uh, spreading less misinformation, um, out there from both left and right. Uh, you know, maybe instead of putting, just want to say that instead of us commenting on each other's Facebook, you know, saying us, and not, I don't mean just you and me, but in general, mm-hmm. just maybe reaching out to that person, give them a call. And you know what? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that comment? You know, like, well, you know, or why do you why do you say that, or why do you believe that? And you know, it's just trying to see each other's uh, point of view so that we can. Uh, you know, because I do love America, and I do miss the America that I grew up with. Right now, it's not what it is, and it, it, it's a very, I feel very disappointed and sad. It, I don't walk around with pride. I, you know, there used to be, I used to be an Uber driver a, a few months ago, mm-hmm. well, last year, and, and uh, a lot of tourists would come and they would just literally laugh, like, hey, dude, what's going on here in America? And mm-hmm. it, it, it made it really it, it stinks, you know, it hurt me that people were scratching, like, <laughs> you know, laughing, saying, what's wrong with America? And it, it's, it, it, we have to change. We have to uh, be better than, than that, you know? I agree with and you. Again, I... Go ahead. Uh, and again, I just want to thank you, Nick. I, I know that you and I, we have, uh, you know, we go at each other's throat at, uh, on Facebook, <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, you know, but you're here, here you are, you're giving me this opportunity to use your platform and voice my opinion and, and actually you're you're hearing me out. So that's that's the example to 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 follow, you know. So I'm, uh, well thank you so much. I'm I'm glad you said that. And I, I really enjoyed our time here and really having a chance to discuss these things face to face instead of just you know over the over the internet or over over Facebook. But I still do look forward <laughs> to our, our little online debates uh, over some of the issues. So please, uh, you know, don't be a stranger. And, and, and also please know that you are always welcome to come back. And, and if, you know, if we find awesome. something really exciting we want to talk about or whatever, dude, please let me know. And you can definitely come on the show. So I loved having you. So thank you so much. Well, do. All right, Nick. Well, you have a great day. Okay. Thank you. You too, bud. All right. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. That was a lot of fun. I uh, I really enjoy talking with Miguel. As you can see, we don't agree on a lot of things. Some of the things we we did agree on, so that was kind of cool. Um, uh, we we didn't get back onto one subject that I did want to talk about just a little bit more because it is the topic of today's discussion. And before we end the show, I'd like to just draw your attention to a study that's currently being conducted by Yale University in partnership with our government. And it's trying to determine which message is most likely to get you to take the vaccine. So let me pull up that that page right now, that study, and I share that. Here is the study from Yale University, clinicaltrials.gov. And it explores, uh, we're exploring COVID-19 vaccine messaging. So they've got several different messages that they're, they're studying. They're doing these little focus groups to figure out what affects people most. So 
we've got the control message, the baseline message, the personal freedom message, economic freedom, self-interest, community interest, economic benefit, guilt, embarrassment, anger, trust in science, and not bravery. So if you look at, at the, the breakdowns of these different messages that they're going to try pushing on people to see which, 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 what gets people more likely to take the vaccine. So we look at the, let's start with the baseline message. The baseline is, is about, is, is a message about the effectiveness and the study of vaccines. All right. Then we move on to the personal freedom message, which is by COVID-19 is limiting people's personal freedom. And by working together, we can get enough people vaccinated and so, so society can preserve its personal freedom. Next message is COVID-19 is limiting people's economic freedom. And by working together, we can get enough people vaccinated so that we can preserve economic freedom. Next is self-interest. COVID-19 presents a real danger to one's health. Even if one is young and healthy, getting vaccinated against COVID-19 is the best way to prevent oneself from getting sick. Moving on to the community interest message. COVID-19, about the danger of COVID-19 to the health of loved ones. Says here, the most, the more people who get vaccinated against COVID nineteen, the lower the risk that one's, one's loved ones will get sick. Society must work together, and all get vaccinated. Finally, the, uh, not finally, but moving on here to the economic benefit message, which is uh, a message about how COVID nineteen is wreaking havoc on the economy, and the only way to strengthen the economy is to work together to get enough people vaccinated. Uh, Under the experimental message that COVID-19 presents a danger to the health of one's family and community. The best way to protect them is by getting vaccinated and society must work together to get enough people vaccinated. Then it asks the participant to imagine the guilt they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and spread the disease. It's also like this, this next one, which is um, we need to make sure everyone gets vaccinated then, and then ask the participant to imagine the embarrassment they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and they spread the disease. Or the anger message, which is uh, ask the participant to imagine if they, uh, imagine the anger they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and spread the disease. Now, how are you gonna spread the disease if you don't have it? It's a question you might wanna ask. Vaccination uh, is backed by science. If one doesn't get vaccinated, it means that one doesn't understand how infections are spread or who ignores science. You really think they think that we're that stupid? I think we've all watched enough news programs and done enough research on the internet to understand how vaccines work and how diseases are spread. It's the, the nerve of these people. And then finally, the, the not bravery message is, describes how firefighters, doctors, and frontline workers are brave. Those who choose not to get vaccinated against COVID-19 are not brave. They're calling you a coward for not standing up to them. That's the kind of people that we're dealing with here, folks. People who are doing whatever they can to get the message through to you that they don't care about you. They want to use propaganda and fear to push their agenda. It just makes me so mad. It just, oh, man. That, that's why I, I, I've done this show, so that I can get this information out to you people. So you know what's going on. So you can do the research yourself. Anyway, that's our show. Thank you again for tuning in. And 
Now you can uh, now find the Free America podcast at most major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And although we have been recently banned from streaming live on Facebook, you can always watch us live at youtube.com. Just search for Free America Podcast and look for the page with the American flag. While you're there, be sure to like and subscribe. Please also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Pull up those banners right here. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Free America Podcasts and on Twitter at Free America. And be sure to visit our brand new website at freeamericapodcast.com where you'll find links to previous shows as well as live broadcasts every Sunday at 5 p.m. And if you like what we're doing here at Free America and would like to support us, you can now make a donation at patreon.com. Just go to patreon.com slash freeamericapodcast and make a donation. Keep in mind that your generous support will help to defray our operating costs and keep the show on the air. So thank you again for tuning in. And it's been another fun and exciting show. And I hope to see you all again next week as we host another exciting episode of the Free America podcast. So for now, and the foreseeable future, I'm Nick Yaya. And remember, you don't have to watch the news, but for the love of God, turn off CNN. Good night, everybody.